Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith. Derek will be handling this episode for you all. I'm just recording the intro for it as we're going to continue our series with a beat writer from the opposing team that Kentucky is playing in the SEC. We did that for Kentucky, Missouri, and now we're doing that for Kentucky and South Carolina matchup set for 7 o'clock Eastern time on ESPN2 Saturday night at Williams-Brice Stadium. But Derek is going to be joined by Colin Taylor, who is a writer for Gamecock Central. He's going to give you all the details on South Carolina heading into a monster matchup for Kentucky. Kentucky's looking to complete this first third of the schedule, 4-0, before moving into the toughest stretch of the 2021 season with back-to-back home games versus Florida and LSU at Kroger Field. This is a monster matchup for Kentucky. Uh, If they can get this one, we talked about this all summer, and when the schedule was sent out a year ago, if Kentucky could get off to a 4-0 start, it could really set itself up for a monster year if they can do something here in the middle third. But Kentucky, South Carolina, like I said, Saturday night under the lights at williams Price. It's going to be an unbelievable atmosphere. Sellout crowd going to be down there in Columbia. Kentucky has its toughest test, first true road game in a packed stadium since 2019. So it's been a while since Kentucky's been on the road in an environment like this. So Will Levis and that offense will look to get rolling. As always, this show is powered by Blue Wire Pods. It's also powered by the Butcher's Pub, three locations, Palmville, Williamsburg, and London. You can visit thebutcherspub.com or check them out on Facebook, but let's jump into that interview with Derek and Colin Taylor of Gamecock Central. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Kentucky Daily. We're joined now by Colin Taylor, who covers South Carolina for Gamecock Central. That is on the Rivals.com site. I've known Colin for, I'll say a number of years, more like five years. But how are you doing, man? We are, we've both come a long way since the, 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 those yeah. <laughs> uh, Sports Illustrated Campus Rush days. I'm uh, fantastic, happy to be on and talking some SEC football. So, Colin, you were a two-year member of Campus Rush, right? You did that? Yes, believe so, until it ultimately pitter-pattered yeah. away. <laughs> yeah, so Colin, Colin uh, like the, the initiative done by Sports Illustrated back then was that, you know, they would like basically any Power 5 school, they would have a campus correspondent is what we were called. And I think it was kind of a legitimate operation the first year, right? Yeah, it felt I was, like- Yeah, so I was not involved that first year. I was the second year, and I remember we had like one – uh, conference call I guess is what you could call it and I don't think I ever heard from anybody again so that uh I think the person actually got laid off who was in charge of it so unfortunate there but Collins uh he went to South Carolina he's covered South Carolina for a number of years now and uh 
obviously a big game for, for both teams. Uh, South Carolina, this will be its first uh, conference game at home this season. They're coming off a 40-13 to 13 loss to Georgia. And, of course, Kentucky barely survived against FCS opponent uh, Chattanooga this past weekend. But, Colin, I wanted to start by talking to you about Shane Beamer, obviously a new, a new regime down there in Columbia. From an outsider perspective, he comes off as a kind of – endlessly optimistic you know even when they have mistakes on the field from what I saw against Georgia he was still clapping really upbeat uh I guess what kind of presence do you think he's had on that program so far it's from a presence perspective it's night and day to what it was under um Will Muschamp obviously Muschamp gets the persona of being grumpy and, and irate on the sidelines and you see that sometimes but um part of what sold South Carolina's administration on Beamer um, during the hiring process was the positivity, the future, the, the ability he sold to change the culture around the program. And that's kind of what you've seen from his sideline demeanor over the course of the last three weeks, especially against Georgia when things weren't going super well for him. Um, so you got a little bit of that and that's just kind of his personality. He's, he's very optimistic and just the conversations you have with him away from the podium or just in general, you feel a lot more optimistic about the future of the program than maybe a lot of people on the outside looking in would feel just because it's kind of infectious. He's really tried to re-energize this fan base, re-energize the program. And um, so far, so good for him um, through the first three weeks of the season. Yeah. Been a bit of an interesting situation at quarterback. Um, I was a little surprised. It seemed like the number of UK fans who who maybe didn't keep up with what had happened at South Carolina. Uh, of course, Luke Doty came out of the spring. He started some of the games last year. I know at least the game against UK, Doty was a starter. Uh, went through the spring as a starter and then uh, got hurt in practice, right, fairly early on. And yeah. uh, you know, hurt his foot. And uh, that led to uh, the grad assistant, right, Zeb Noland, who had transferred there. Where did he transfer from? Uh, he was – at Iowa State, then at North Dakota State, and then came to South Carolina. Yeah, so came with the plans of, you know, just coaching, hanging up the uh, cleats, but he had an extra year of eligibility. South Carolina was in a pinch. So he gets hurt last weekend, and so it sounds like Luke Doty is going to be the starter going into this game. Uh, and, of course, Doty came in and played against Georgia, 13-26, I believe for 156. I don't have the numbers pulled up, but um, certainly seems like the quarterback of the future, right, and, and a guy that uh, – I would say would change things for sure, right, for the South Carolina offense? Yeah, I mean, he's going to open it up. Um, I mean, he's by far the most talented player, talented quarterback on this roster. Uh, former four-star kid, I think a top 100 player in the 2020 class. Very, very talented. And there was, there was a reason why he was the starter in spring ball. There was a reason why he was the starter coming out of spring ball. The reason he was the starter all summer and then into camp until he got hurt is – just because he was the best guy on the roster and incredibly athletic, a guy that can make some plays with his feet when he needs to, can really run, uh, needs to obviously get better timing-wise, and I think that'll come. But uh, South Carolina's coaching staff is very optimistic about the future under Luke Doty and being able to build a team around a guy like that. And um, There might be some growing pains. You saw some against Georgia, and there might be some more he gets – into his first real season starting, uh, but they're very, very pleased with the progressions he's made um, and very, very pleased with where he is uh, and, and what he could bring to this offense. I've been reading the message boards this week, South Carolina's message boards, saw some things on Twitter, just trying to get a gauge. Um, 
for kind of how the team is right now. You know, I think going into the season on paper, Kevin Harris, Marshawn Lloyd coming back from injury, some really good running backs there to work with, uh, but maybe some frustration at this point with the offensive line. I guess with that unit, kind of what's the outlook for for that for those guys? Uh, they haven't been great. <laughs> They've been <laughs> probably they they were talked about as being one of the strengths of this offense with so many returning guys and uh, haven't lived up to the billing so far. And I think they'd be the first to tell you that. And, They've struggled anchoring at left tackle. The left tackle position's kind of been a big position of worry. Um, they're picking up, they're turning guys loose far too often. Teams are really able to get some pressure and um, they're just not communicating well. It, it doesn't seem like a very cohesive unit. I mean, Shane Beamer even talked about it on Tuesday this week. There was a play where three guys against Georgia, three guys were blocking a pass and then two were blocking a run. Um, you can't have that in the SEC and expect to do well. And um, so that's a position that needs to get better. And if not, South Carolina is going to have not only a long week uh, against Kentucky, but a long season if they can't shore that stuff up. Yeah, and of course, um, with, with Muschamp gone last year, kind of a South Carolina-UK storyline, I guess you could say Eric Wolford uh, – had been the offensive line coach at South Carolina for a few years. And of course now at UK, his unit is coming off a game where it certainly would have liked to have played better as well. And that kind of leads me into the, to the next point um, on paper, based on recruiting rankings and based on really how they've played this season. Uh, it seems like the defensive line for South Carolina uh, has been a pretty, pretty good unit. Uh, would you, would you consider that a strength for South Carolina? Yeah, absolutely. Um, this defense goes the way, the defensive line goes Um, they're very good rushing the passer when you have a guy like JJ eating projected first round talent um, at one defensive they call it the edge spot Um, I think a five-year player a four-year starter and Aaron Sterling at the end and then you're able to rotate in guys like Jordan Birch on the end who was a five-star guy top 20 player Um, Jordan Strawn who led the FBS in sacks last year to pair that with your interior line that includes a three-year starter in Jabari Ellis, Zach Pickens, who was a five-star talent coming out of Teal Hannon in South Carolina, uh, and some other pieces like a, an Alex Huntley or Tonka Hemingway that um, names Kentucky fans should know is really good interior linemen. Um, they're able to create a lot of push. They're able to rush the passer, and it covers up some of the deficiencies or question marks they have at the linebacker position um, and in the secondary where they're still trying to kind of figure some stuff out. But um, the defensive line, if the defensive line plays well, South Carolina tends to usually play pretty well, defensively speaking. Yeah, speaking of those linebackers, Shra Green, uh, starting inside linebacker, sounds like he might be lost for the season. Um, obviously, you feel bad for anyone who, especially this early in the year, gets injured. But in terms of the South Carolina defense as a whole, how significant is that loss for, for this defense? It's massive. Um, it's absolutely massive. He was a guy that uh, struggled earlier in his career. Uh, you feel really bad for him because he played well in, in 2019 and then like two and a half quarters into his season last year, gets a hip injury and is out for the year and uh, two games and a play into this year. He's out for at least until November, um, but could potentially be out the year. And uh, it's massive for South Carolina. He was an older guy and now you're having to rely on, some guys that are maybe inexperienced. Um, they're putting a fifth year, sixth year guy is being listed as the starter, but he's never really athletically jumped off the pages. Maybe some other guys and, and the guys behind him are all freshmen. 
or redshirt freshmen. So um, it puts the linebacker spot that was already pretty thin, uh, even thinner. Uh, but they have some athletic talent there, and it's just a matter of getting them up to speed. But it's a huge loss for South Carolina and what they're trying to do defensively. Let's talk a little bit about this series as a whole. We're the same age. We probably started watching college football about the same time. Um, up until Mark Stoops got to Kentucky, uh, well, even after – actually, I think after his first year, South Carolina had won 13 of 14, I believe, this century. The only time they had lost was – a game that they should not have lost, really. Kentucky came back from a 28-10 to 10 deficit in 2010, the week after South Carolina defeated Alabama, who was number one at the time. And it was the first time Kentucky had ever defeated Steve Spurrier. Um, Stoops would go on to win in 2014 and 2015. So, you know, bring all that up to say, you know, once upon a time, this was a game that, you know, South Carolina could, could pretty much chalk up as a W. And now with Stoops there, UK is 6-2. and two. I guess – Trying to gauge, you know, you, you've got a good pulse on South Carolina's fan base. How, how is this game viewed these days? You know, it, it's frustrating <clears throat> as someone that's grown up in the series and, and grown up around it. South Carolina fans, a lot of times, still take Kentucky for granted, still kind of look at it as an automatic win. And if you look at the stats over the last 10 years, it's not that. You've actually had a losing record your last 10 matchups against Kentucky. So, um, they kind of look at Kentucky sometimes as Kentucky. Now you'll have the the more rational fans understand how tough this is, but um, a lot of fans still look at Kentucky and still think, you know, oh, it's just an automatic win. When I mean, recent history definitely says no, and even going past, you know, going back to the last decade says, you know, you're more likely to lose than you are to win. It's always interesting, especially now. It's like I think. Stoops' early years, it was critical. You know, South Carolina was, was certainly a tier above them at that point. And then, of course, Spurrier retired. There was a tough year in 2015. Muschamp, you know, had a, had a, I would say, a couple of decent years. I guess it was never enough to satisfy folks down there. But he did have a 9-1 season there in 2017. Um, but Kentucky, you know, was, was pretty solid up until, you know, 2019. They were beat pretty thoroughly, which is the last time that – this game was um, played at South Carolina. And I want to bring up that atmosphere because, you know, it's I'm sure you wrote the story earlier this year. Well, maybe not because you guys went to East Carolina. But, uh, you know, Kentucky, this is its first road game. Will Levis has never started a road game. He has played in some road games, notably against Ohio State in 2019. Um, but this seems like a game column that Beamer and that you know, kind of coaching staff, athletic department, whatever. I mean, they're really trying to get people out for this game and really trying to, I guess, create an atmosphere that uh, could to potentially lead to, you know, showing that things are changing down there. Yeah, that's the hope. That's kind of what they've been building towards. Um, they've, they're bringing in a bunch of recruits this weekend. It's going to be a massive recruiting weekend for South Carolina. It's not a sellout yet as we sit here on, you know, late Wednesday afternoon, but it's, inching towards a sellout they want it to be loud they and they want it to you when you're watching it at night on sec or espn2 and you tune in for it they want to look like a packed house they want it to feel loud and um that's great from a perspective standpoint but it also is probably great from a you know actual on field standpoint as well because um, a lot of kentucky's players haven't really none of them have played in a true road environment since 2019 because last year it was either limited or no fans. Um, so they're trying to rattle them a little bit. South Carolina has already done the, 
the road game that they were at East Carolina. They were at a pack Georgia that was loud and, and just awful to play in uh, as a road team. So they want to create that this week and try to maybe knock Kentucky off their game a little bit and see if they can't get out to a big lead and, and ride that momentum through the rest of the game. Yeah, I've been to several of the SEC stadiums for football, and this is one of my favorite environments. I really appreciate you back in 2017 giving me a heads up because the press box does sway when that place gets rocking, and I would not have been aware of that and might have been a little scared uh, had I not known that. Uh, Colin, as we move on, when, when you kind of look, when you view this game, you kind of look at the strengths and weaknesses of both teams. I guess what what would be the area you would say South Carolina absolutely has to excel in if it's going to win this game? It's It has to block. It has to play well on the offensive line. Um, Kentucky has a lot of really good interior and edge players uh, that can cause problems. And South Carolina has not been great at handling that this year against, you know, a – American athletic conference school, let alone um, an SEC school. So they need to do that. And if they can establish the run early with some really good blocking um, and be able to protect a guy like Luke Doty, um, if he's the starter, which I'm, I'm anticipating him being, uh, it gives the offense a little bit more breathing room from that perspective. And um, I think that if they can do that, then you feel pretty good about your chances to move the ball and put up some points against Kentucky. South Carolina defensively versus UK offensively, what would you say maybe are some strengths or weaknesses in that matchup? Yeah, um, they haven't given up that many big plays this year. And I know Kentucky's kind of thrived on that, uh, especially in the past game mm -hmm. uh, with Levis and, and Robinson and all that. But the big thing is to rush the passer, really get after Levis, get him off his game. Um, I was looking at some PFF numbers and he hasn't been great against the Blitz this year compared to a clean pocket. So if you affect him that way, um, it kind of covers up some of the issues and growing pains you're going to have in the secondary. And it allows those linebackers to play a little bit more downhill for the run game as well. Um, so you gotta, you gotta be able to rush the pass. You gotta be able to stop the run. And that starts up front. I know it's cliche about the lines of scrimmage, but that's kind of the case with South Carolina this year is if they can do those two things, they're going to win more games than, um, maybe a lot of the Vegas insiders think they will. Last thing I'll add, reading a, reading a couple of those message board posts, uh, does does UK's Wildcat formation just kind of live in infamy down there because there were still yeah. people talking about JoJo Kemp all these years later? JoJo Kemp, Benny Snell, <laughs> um, all those guys. Uh, Shane Beamer even brought it up in his weekly press conference because he was on that staff that lost to Kentucky and Randall Cobb in, in – 2010 uh, up in Lexington. So if you ask South Carolina fans about Kentucky, the first thing they're going to probably tell you about is what the Wildcat formation. Cause it seemed to, no matter what, it seemed to work every single year against this defense. Yeah. Yeah. Jojo's performance was, was fairly incredible just to line it up and run it over and over. I will say not once this season has UK gone to Wildcat. I do not think it will. Uh, unless they just decide to troll them on Saturday night, which I don't think is going to be the case. I think they're going to be trying to win. But uh, call and tell fans where they can follow you on uh, social media. Yeah. Um, follow me on Twitter at Colin Taylor, C-O-L-L-Y-N Taylor. Um, follow me there. And I'm always on Gamecock Central as well. So we're, we stay pretty up to date on everything. And we're, as much as my wife probably hates it, I'm, I'm <laughs> on there more often than I need to be on the message boards and on Twitter. So. Alan, thanks for joining us. Looking forward to seeing you on Saturday. Awesome. Appreciate it as always.